is full of mysteries. This is just one of them. I'm Matt STFU. This is Matt's Mysteries Resurrection. This episode of Matt's Mysteries is brought to you by the letter F for fuck. Welcome um, to the... I suppose you could call it the penultimate episode of Matt's Mysteries. Um, the episode before the season finale, so cool stuff. This evening, we are investigating a, a disappearance that took place uh, 121 years ago. Almost. It's like we're, we're getting to that point. And still unsolved. A lot of variables that just make zero sense. Um, it's actually been parodied. Uh, you could say parodied. It's it's been parodied by Doctor Who. So you know that's how famous this 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 story is. But yeah, it's it's a really cool one. I'm I'm really hoping you guys enjoy it tonight. And I think uh, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna be leaving with more questions than answers, but that's just that's just oh, how yeah. Matt's mysteries works, folks. Like, I'm not I'm not Tom Cruise, a la The Da Vinci Code. So it's not like you know I do a particularly good job in solving these. Uh, uh, I like the idea of Tom Cruise and The Da Vinci Code, but Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, okay. Tom Cruise <laughs> as Tom, yeah, no, that's the sequel. It's Tom Cruise as Tom Hanks in The Da Vinci Code. Go. Perfect. And the whole movie is going to be him running. Running. Oh my God. I would pay. I would, I, I would pay to have that movie made just so I could <laughs> see him run. Tonight, uh, I'm joined by another amazing streamer, fellow Astral Lotus. Pedal of the Astral Lotus. That's what we, we're all pedals in, in the Lotus. Um, and professional accent inventor, Brownie in the Bin. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm very glad to be here and to talk about uh, this mystery that apparently Matt couldn't get anybody else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so. it's it's a wild thing. I, I presented it to, I think, four... How many guests did I have in the past? Like, I probably had, like, four or five guests that I, I presented this to uh, among some other topics. I think the only one that was slightly acceptable was, I think it was um, another friend who uh, ended up picking the Tylenol murders. And that was a really interesting case that I think was the only one that I've come close to solving. So it got really conspiratorial for a while there, but I mean, what, when does it not? I know. Yeah. Everything can be broken down to a conspiracy at its like fundamental level. So I think, I think this will get that we'll go there too. Like, I'm sure we will. There's there's a lot here to i feel like there is a lot here to unpack despite the mystery itself being super simple yeah so, exactly yeah. with all that said let us first dive into the facts on december 26th 1900 
A small ship was sailing toward the Flannan Isles, a location in the remote outer Hebrides. 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 Heliocentric. (laughs) There we go. Its target destination was the lighthouse at Eileen Moor, a remote island inhabited only by those charged with keeping said lighthouse. The island was named after St. Flannan, a 6th century Irish bishop who built a chapel on said island. For centuries, shepherds would bring their flocks to the island to graze, though none would dare spend the night for they were fearful of the angry spirits that were believed to haunt the area. Captain James Harvey was in command of a ship and was transporting Joseph Moore, a lighthouse keeper en route to relieve those already on the isle. However, as the ship approached the landing platform, Harvey was surprised that there was nobody present to receive their arrival. Obviously unnerved, Harvey blew his horn and shot a warning flare to gain the attention of any keepers potentially within the lighthouse. This proved to be a futile effort, however, as they received no response. It was then that Joseph Moore rode ashore and ascended the steep stairs that led to the lighthouse. According to testimony from Moore himself, He felt an overwhelming sense of fear and apprehension as he continued the long climb up the cliff's top. Upon arriving at the lighthouse, Moore immediately noticed that there was something terribly wrong. The door to the lighthouse was unlocked, and upon entering, he noted that two of the three oil-skinned coats were missing from the entrance hall. So, a little bit of... Uh, back, not backstory, but a little bit of, um, a detail worth noting of this lighthouse is that it sits like 150 feet, I believe something or, or rather like that above sea level. So you can see it on approach, but the second you hit the landing platform, it's basically just a long set of stairs and a cliff. So this, this dude more or less had to climb a mountain to get to his uh his destination the the lighthouse door and also keep in mind it's december so two of the three coats missing kind of makes a bit of sense cuz it's cold cold yeah from what i heard it was cold in 1900 from what you heard from someone this was from 1900 <laughs> This was before the climate hoax was a thing. Now I'm just, I'm totally just fucking around. <laughs> I can't even say that. I can't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, like, I know. although um, many will have you believe that this was before climate change. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, this guy. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I'd look at the stairs and I'd be like, eh. I don't know if I want to climb that, but you know, whatever. No, kudos to this guy for for going up to the lighthouse all by himself. But okay, when you know when he was talking about like his sense of foreboding or whatever, I yeah, I'd be turning back down and be like, no, I'm not going by myself. I'm. So- 
well and the thing too is i i don't i'm largely ignorant to a lot of this stuff so forgive me but you know from what i gather when they would arrive to have someone relieve one of the the assistants or the the um principal keeper or any of these people they would they would actually meet them at the landing platform so that it's it's largely just a pretty quick transaction and they don't have to you know it's not like you're visiting like your parents and they're like no come stay right. for dinner have a conversation right. with us i'll make you coffee like no they're, right. they're probably miserable because they're three dudes in a lighthouse and oh, yeah and so they're probably like i want to get the fuck back to the mainland and go drink mm-hmm. so yes it was it was a huge red flag right off the bat that the there was nobody there to greet them so the captain sounds his horn he then fires a flare which likely would have you know if if they were just in the lighthouse you know i don't know writing in their diaries it would have um they would have seen the light and so they would have known okay cool shit my watch decided to stop so i missed you know my alarm alarms don't exist in their modern you know iphone form so right i don't i don't have siri to remind me to go downstairs so i should go go downstairs uh and yeah and so because this never like nobody responded uh it was then yeah joseph moore who was like okay I, I mean, I got to start my job anyway, so maybe they're just, like, sleeping or some shit and are, you know, they got cotton balls in their ears or something. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go knock on the door and see what's, what's what. And uh, the first red flag from him is, you know, how nervous he felt going up the stairs. And I mean, the fact that they weren't there to greet them probably didn't help. But yeah, you're, you're basically, it's December, so, and, and like, you're near Scotland, so realistically, yep. it's everything is gray so yeah it's december everything is gray you're cold you know what you know what's ahead of you you gotta go up a set of stairs into a like you know a big penis shaped structure and basically just maintain it for like months at a time with two other dudes and so at that point it's just an exercise in trying not to murder each other Uh, so he was probably a little on edge yeah, I would say so. Um, and, you know, I mean, thinking about it, it's like after you just described exactly what the experience was like, just like total loneliness and like no drinks haven't been laid, nothing like that. Um, yeah, I mean, they should have, I mean, they knew that they were going to be relieved of duty that day. So it's like, you know, I would be looking for that flare like immediately and being like running to the fucking platform. Like, yes, take me back to land, take me back to civilization. So, yeah. Uh, super odd, super weird already, and um, yeah, it it was cold, cold as fuck. So yeah, I, yeah, I would be le- like legitimately knowing that they were supposed to arrive at some point. I would just set up like a lawn chair and just sit by the water, yep. and it's like cool. I don't give a crap. I'm just gonna watch the horizon, and once that little tugboat or whatever it is decides to make its appearance, I'm I'm not even gonna wait for them to like send a rowboat out. I'm just gonna jump in the water and swim across. Like, screw it. I, I, you know what? I don't want to be on this rock anymore. I'm sorry. There's sheep everywhere for some reason, but the, the shepherds don't want to stay at night. And now like I got to deal with those and the, you know, Jim and, and Bob and, and their brother, yes. Jim Bob. And I don't want to deal with these guys anymore. Like one guy won't stop singing the song that never ends. And the other one's just been, you know, rocking back and forth in the corner for the past four weeks. Exactly. I just like, I got to get out of here, man. Like, gotta get out. Can't take it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yes. So, um, no, I would be, I would be so, well, okay. So like, all right, we, we, we've kind of like established that, you know, Joseph Moore, um, so he was the one who was actually going to relieve one of them, right? Like, cause there were two other guys. Yeah. The likelihood is he would have yeah. relieved either the, um, the second or third assistant. So the principal right. keeper is probably the person who just, I don't know, was probably, like, condemned to live on this island for the rest of his life, so... Because you'd have to think, like, what leads someone to be like, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy the company of, like, four to six people for the rest of my life, and, you know, like, because I I don't know how these things would have functioned, but as the principal keeper, there probably were maybe only, like, one or two other principal keepers that would relieve him, where there was probably a lot more assistance... So this guy was probably like, you know, on a two month circuit or something and then would get replaced by another dude and then another dude and then maybe uh I can't remember exactly how long their like, you know, like stint was where it was like I I would say like, yeah, maybe like two, three months or something like that. That would be my guess because how long can you live in a lighthouse with really like I mean you have no real provisions. Like I think people have to like keep giving you food and stuff because there's like nothing there yeah they would have yeah they would definitely have to like send over like supply ships and do like runs and stuff and the thing too is as we'll come to understand later um you're only like the way that their their um lighthouse board or or whatever organization the way that they have it set up with their rules and restrictions is that you can't leave all like all three people can't leave at once right exactly so that that will be relevant uh in a bit but it's one of those things where yeah like they probably uh <laughs> there's there's not a lot to do it's not like now you know lighthouse keepers now probably have like six smartphones and like a laptop that they can fuck around with in in 1900 they were like i have a tennis ball a, t- a tennis ball yeah like yes. this is or, or i got a i got a wheel with a stick i'm gonna just poke it around the lighthouse for for four to six hours Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, what else? What else is there to do? Uh, maybe climb the walls or race with some sheep or you know tip some sheep <laughs> over. I, I, I don't know. You know whatever, <laughs> whatever one does. Yo, Jim, let's get this. Let's get our homemade toilet wine and go go uh, tip some sheep off on it's the moor. Oh my god. And then the shepherd comes back the next day, and they're like half of them are upside down. It's just like. Those damn lighthouse keepers. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. So yeah, I mean, realistically, they would all be ready to kill each other. But yeah, I remember that whole thing about how, um, yeah, they can't all leave at the same time. Like they basically have to leave in like shifts so that one person replaces the other. Um, so yeah, um, do we want to talk about like what he found when he like yeah got? the lighthouse yeah. yeah so that's the next uh the next segment um it's still a part of the info dump so but uh yeah this this next uh bit describes uh what more found and the initial reaction of what they found continuing his investigation more than entered the kitchen where he was greeted by half-eaten food and an overturned chair seemingly implying that someone had sprung from their seat in a hurry. As if this scene wasn't strange enough, Moore also noticed that the clock in the kitchen had inexplicably stopped. 
Upon completing his search of the lighthouse and finding no keepers, Moore ran down the cliff to the ship to alert Captain Harvey of the scene he'd discovered. Harvey then ordered a thorough search of the islands for the missing men, though this search also found nothing. From here, Harvey sent back a telegram to the mainland, which was then forwarded to the Northern Lighthouse Board headquarters in Edinburgh. The telegram in question read the following, quote, A dreadful accident has happened at Flannins. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the Occasional, have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was to be seen on the island. Fired a rocket, but, as no response was made, managed to land Moore, who went up to the station but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows they must have been, blown over the cliffs or drowned, trying to secure a crane or something like that. Night coming on, we cannot wait to make something as of their fate. I have left Moore, MacDonald, Boymaster, and two seamen on the island to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. Will not return to Oban until I've heard from you. I've repeated this wire to Muirhead in case you are not at home. I will remain at the telegram office tonight until it closes, if you wish to wire me." End quote. So, yeah, he discovers it's it's not a gruesome scene. It's not even like there's the, it's like we play uh, those games like the room or, or any of those games where you have to like point and click to try and find what's missing and what you need to do. And this is like you notice the chair and you notice that there's half eaten food on the table. So you combine that with two missing coats and three missing lighthouse keepers and what you end up with is like just based on a preliminary like very ignorant you've this is your very small window of information kind of theory you know captain harvey immediately says well it appears that this this whole incident happened about a week ago it looks like they got up in a hurry for some reason one of the guys didn't take his coat with him and yeah, they must have been like swept out or tried to secure something and were swept out to sea and they drowned or something like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, like you were saying, just like kind of a preliminary glance at everything. Uh, but the thing is, like, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't know, because if like, OK, let's say like you and I walked into the room and we saw like half eaten food, a chair turned over the coats and everything yeah it kind of seems like maybe they heard something or like there was some sort of emergency that they had to attend to literally like right then and there and then you know they they just got up in a rush like something must have happened two of them must have grabbed their coats I'm the one who like goes out in the snow without shoes because I just can't <laughs> be bothered so like I would probably be that guy um, but like yeah I, I mean I most likely yeah i mean you know if you were attending to something that just sort of happened although the only thing was like why did the clock stop like that's like the freakiest part yeah that why is weird that although yeah. 
with what you just said, I think we may have just solved this mystery, folks. Brownie just discovered the uh, the the source of immortality and is the third lighthouse keeper. <laughs> me. I pushed them off a cliff because they wouldn't let me have the last piece of chicken. Oh, so, yeah. Jeez. Gruesome. Yeah. The sheep told her to do it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I pushed them off a cliff, too. No, yeah, no witnesses. Yeah. Not None. No one is allowed to know what happened. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, everything else kind of, like, lines up except for this whole clock thing. Like, and... I feel really dumb asking this question, but it's like, I don't know how clocks worked back then. <laughs> like, well, I don't... Realistically I mean, speaking, it could... I, I would almost chalk it up to coincidence. If, if mm-hmm. like, everything else kind of falls in line with them having to rush out for whatever which reason, mm-hmm. I feel like it could just be coincidence, because, like, you know, I wouldn't imagine that this clock was some master craft, you know, you know, masterpiece yeah. of timekeeping technology at the time that sure, would have been... Sure you know, on the wealthy's wrists and in their pockets or whatever. So I, I think, um, realistically it could be just chalked up to coincidence at that point. Cause I don't think anything else comes of it. It's just like, Oh, that's weird. The clock stopped unless it was stopped at like six sixty six PM. Then like, I don't think, I don't think we got anything to worry about. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Especially since like, okay, like it may have happened a week ago um all of that stuff and yeah okay it just so happens that maybe the clock stopped so at some point during that time um i guess but the thing is like okay if that's the case like all right fine there's the clock that's stopping isn't there anything else that should be attended to attended to within a week that like you know would be out of place like i don't i don't really know what goes in the lighthouse keeping other than keeping the the lighthouse like lit but i don't really know how that works so yeah um, and and this uh once we get into the uh the logs uh i'll i'll throw out a piece of information that is largely relevant to um one of the specific days but uh yeah like there's i mean i don't know about how much would go into it now because i guess a lot of it's probably automated but it's automated yeah like in you know in 1900 like this is uh yeah like the technology was still largely pretty primitive so it would have been something that would have required these guys to probably do like a a set series of daily chores and activities just to maintain it just to maintain the light and the property and whatever else to to make sure that there's no obstructions so that any ship within a certain radius will be able to see it uh but yeah i'm not (laughs) that's a really good question i was like I should have, I did all my research into the actual event, but I didn't actually look into the fucking, what goes into lighthouse keeping. I I only did half my job today, folks. Uh, okay. We can maybe like work backwards from like the light and the lighthouse is on. So I'm going to assume that it has something to do with like, like, okay. As far as I know, it's something like there's a tiny light uh, like usually made by a flame and then there's something that like kind of amplifies it so well for lack of a better word but I think you just need to maintain the the the, the original flame thing so it's like I think that would require like oil changes or something like that and I would think that like a week would be a little bit too long to go without like upkeeping it 
So, yeah, it's it's almost yeah. like uh, if you've ever played the Amnesia games, like it's kind of like having the oil for your lantern. Right, exactly. Like eventually it'll run out of oil. I know it's a much bigger thing, but I feel like, hey, there are like three guys who are meant to maintain this place. So I feel like you do, okay, let's say like, you know, we just didn't do any chores for a week. It'd be pretty obvious that there were no chores done. So, yeah. So at this point, um, we'll get into the, a little more of a, it's kind of funny because I should say thorough investigation, but uh, thorough investigation as to the disappearance. So what, um, what Captain Harvey did was he threw out a, uh, like a, a really thorough sort uh, search. So he probably radioed or, or tried to contact um, I don't know, radio probably wasn't a thing, but probably like Telegram or some, some shit like that to, uh, these other vessels that may have been in the area to say like, Hey, we got to do a search. And I know, um, I, I believe it's the, it's like the Isle of Lewis or something like that can actually mm-hmm. see the lighthouse on a clear day, um, yes. with the naked yes. eye. Like it's not something you need like a telescope for. Um, right. so they likely may have had people there that they could have sent out and they sent out like a group of people uh, to do a thorough sweep of the area because, you know, if these guys were at sea for a week, like, yeah, they may have been swept out and are now like in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, but they could have also washed up on another shore. They could have ended up strung out over some rocks somewhere, whatever the situation right. could have been, but they found nothing. Like they didn't even find like the coats right. or any, like a boot or like part of the dude's mustache. Like they didn't find anything that could have like led them to something. Um, right. so from here we then get into a more in-depth investigation as to where they could have gone and why they may have left. Mm. And this is, this is so, where shit gets really yeah. weird. So that's the thing that like what you were saying about the other Island, like, yeah, they could see things, you know, with the naked eye. So yeah, I, I, I won't like spoil that part. Cause that'll be like pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, as far as like what you were saying, like, no, there was nothing to be found because, um, I guess because of the tides, like, you know, there, something would have washed up on the shore and it just like, there was nothing like you said. So yeah, it's, it's like really fascinating in that way. So yeah. All right. I'm ready. Days later, Robert Muirhead set course for the island to investigate the disappearances for himself. Robert was the board's superintendent and had recruited all three of the missing men and knew each of them personally. His search was about as fruitful as Moore's, with the exception of the discovery of the lighthouse's log. Muirhead noted that the last few days of the entries were unusual, to say the least. On the 12th of December, Thomas Marshall described, quote, severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years, end quote. He also noted that James Ducat, the principal keeper, had been very quiet while the third assistant, William MacArthur, was beside himself crying. What's strange about this last fact is that MacArthur was a seasoned mariner and was known around the Scottish mainland as a rather tough customer, so why would he be in hysterics over a storm? 
On the 13th of December, log entries further described that the storm continued to rage on and that all three keepers were praying. This raises yet another question. Why would three highly experienced and seasoned lighthouse keepers in a brand new lighthouse safely perched on a cliff 150 feet above sea level be praying for a storm to subside? What's even stranger in this bizarre game of hide and find is that there were no reported storms in the area on the days the log mentions. In fact, the weather was reported to be calm, with a storm forming and battering the island days later on December the 17th. The final log entry was recorded on December the 15th and simply stated, Storm ended. Sea calm. God is over all. This is more cryptic than the Da Vinci Code, but we'll do our best Tom Hanks impressions to try and solve this one. Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise? Because I feel like I'd be better at Tom Cruise, but you know. Uh, you can you can do the Tom Cruise and I'll be Tom Hanks. Awesome. Excellent. After reading the logs, Muirhead then began investigating the one oilskinned coat that was left behind. He questioned why one of the lighthouse keepers had left the warmth of the house into the bitter December winter without a coat. He also questioned why all three keepers, bound to the rules and regulations of the board, would venture out together when said rules and regulations strictly prohibited them to do so. Heading down to the landing platform, Muirhead discovered some more clues. He noticed a series of ropes strewn out over the rocks, instead of being suspended in a crate 70 feet above the platform from a supply crane. Furthermore, a life buoy was also missing. In his report, Muirhead wrote the following with regards to his discovery. Quote, it was evident that the force of the sea pouring through the railings had, even at this great height, torn the life buoy off the rope. End quote. He then completed his report, proposing a theory to the Northern Lighthouse Board. Though the whereabouts of the men and what happened to them remain a mystery to this day, more than 100 years later. So there is a, there is a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack. So we'll start from the beginning. So the first the first log in the lighthouse log that be, begins um, the chain of events, like the really weird shit, is December the 12th. So for reference, they arrive, uh, Moore and, Moore and uh, Harvey arrive at the island on the 26th. So this is two weeks later. Right. So what ends up happening is they discover the this log and the first entry says something along the lines of it's the worst storm i'd seen in 20 years mm-hmm. and you know one guy is being unusually quiet and another dude who is known for beating the shit out of people in his free time is in the corner crying that's weird as hell it is it is yes incredibly um yeah uh let's see so god like, even just thinking about that, yeah, one is very quiet, and the other was crying. Um, 
and like obviously like like he said like these are all very experienced people who have been here like this is their job they're like very aware of what to do here and yeah why would he be crying about a storm what what would make one cry like that i don't know and even if it was the worst storm that they had seen in 20 years like you know the fact that they're on you know, they're in a brand new lighthouse. Like it, it, it had only been built like a few years earlier kind of thing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't actually that much older and they're, they're 150 feet above sea level. So if they're wondering, uh, sorry, not wondering if they're worrying about like rogue waves or whatever, like unless it's a fucking tsunami, like they're not going to get like 300 foot waves that are going to wipe the, the, uh, the lighthouse off the map. Exactly. And then Um, we get to the second entry, which is, a day later and it basically just confirms that the storm is continuing it's still raging and that the three men are praying for it to end so i'm not a religious dude you know it's cool if you are there's no there's no judgment one way or the other in this house but the way that i see it is when people who are not typically religious i i could i can't speak for these men i probably should have investigated their past a little more but if they're not like super religious or they're the types who will, who will, you know, appeal to reason first and be like, you know, I'm, I've been doing this my whole life. You know, I can, I can handle this kind of shit are now resorting to praying. They're doing so in an act of desperation. It's like a last resort. They're praying for, for God to spare them or to, to guide them out of this safely, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I would say like, you know, just being from that time period, I'd say that they're probably very God fearing people. But I would say that like, obviously, like, you know, they're they're super experienced, they know what they're doing. Like, and I mean, think about it. It's like one was a seasoned mariner. And then and he, like you said, he's like, he made a living uh, beating the shit out of people in Scotland. So like, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, people like that, generally speaking, especially like I would say historically men from that era, like they're very dedicated to their jobs. Like generally it's, you know, you're not scared of much. And so, yeah, when you start praying and like writing down the fact that you are praying that the storm is going to end, like, yeah, I'd say you're pretty scared shitless. So it's like that, that is like, I hope that I don't die. Pretty That's much. Like that level of fear. Yeah. And then. Oh they have one more log entry that's of note and it's a few days later it's uh it's the 15th and it just says the storm's gone the sea is calm god is overall so you know every publication that i've i've read i have three of them pulled up right now but every one that i've read has said the same thing they go you know it makes sense that they could reference that in in reference to the fact that they were praying but it also is kind of weird that they would make a note of that and say like God, the way that it's, the way that it's written, it's almost like one of two things. Either they're so exhausted that it's kind of one of those, like you don't really want to form a coherent sentence because you're so tired thing where it's just, you know, storm is over. Sea is calm. God is overall. Like it's very, you know, if I were, if I were Grammarly, the app, I would be throwing up, but (laughs) It is what it is, right? And and the second yeah. thing that they point out is, like, you know, it's kind of weird how they wrote that and why they wrote that. It's like, well, why why say God is over all? Why say, you know, like, why not say, like, yeah, the, the storm is calm, like, 
see is is this we're all here we're alive everything's okay like we're gonna go check provisions and and make sure that everything is still tied down and whatever 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 it's it's bizarre and this is is. it's still a week actually it's 11 days before the ship lands and they approximated that it was about a week they had arrived about a week after they disappeared. So the the timeline kind of checks out. Like if they had disappeared on the 15th, you know, they apparently a storm did actually roll in on the 17th. So, you know, it, it could be something where they, they sat through this freak storm and then it, it stops. They, they then go out to like, be like, yo, it's, it's all good. But then they realize that they're like in the eye of the storm and it hits them on the 17th and then they get fucking blown out to sea. Like it's possible. Um, so like, okay. The way that I would read that is like, you know, God is okay. I would say that this is an incredibly emotional entry because it's like, yeah, you've been praying for this thing to end and then suddenly it does. And then like God is over all, I guess would be like this weird way of being like, oh my God, God has answered our prayers. So like, we're okay. But, um, you know, like you said, wouldn't there be like a status check of any kind? Like, oh, we're like all alive and like, here's the damage that was done. And like, this is what's going on. Like, yeah very very odd um and then like you said um like there wasn't anything let's see did um where is it uh blah 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 okay so yeah there weren't any storms reported in the area that like entire week until the 17th so like i I mean yeah, I, I and I feel like there are even like eyewitnesses to this thing, especially if there's an island like very nearby that you can see the lighthouse. So it's like obviously they would also have storms if that was the case. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I, uh, this is probably <laughs> this is the creepiest part. Is like what is this? What did they experience? Did they all experience like mass hysteria or something like that? Like I don't. I don't know. Well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, so once we get into the the theories segment, which is literally like right now pretty much, uh, I actually just thought of two things that it could be uh, that doesn't... One kind of plays off the, the, the only theory we have, and the other one kind of... Like, I, I'm going to reference pop culture um, because that's my life, and that's all I really know. So, uh, you know, I'm basically a walking episode of Family Guy, minus the cutaways, and... It's, I think they can both make sense in their own right. And then we can get into the more like paranormal supernatural. Cause like it's, it's very funny. Like the, um, Robert Muirhead tried to rationalize it as best as he could. Like when he, when he did his report, he was like, this is what I think is going to happen. This is what I think happened to them. This is what I think, where I think they went, how, how it went down. And you know, a lot of people picked holes in his theory. And it's it, like I said, it's the only theory we got. Uh, but a lot of people poked holes in it. As the second, like, they, they shone a bit of light and, and provided a little bit of scrutiny, people were like, yeah, that, that don't really fly, bro. That right, yeah. And so right. I have I have my own theories that I think are going to be kind of... I think I think they're, they're going to be kind of interesting. And then we can get into the more, like, supernatural. Because there are actually... Uh, two theories that play off the supernatural, one of which is a lot more recent, 
uh, and actually, like I said, like how they played, um, they, they did a parody of it with Doctor Who in the 70s. That's actually what gave people that theory. And it, I mean, if you subscribe to like the History Channel's way of thinking, like this theory makes a lot of fucking sense. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll unpack, we'll try and unpack this one step at a time. Yeah, sounds good. So our first theory, and our, I should say, so our only theory states that the men were basically just washed out to sea. This theory was proposed by Muirhead and states that both the crate of ropes and life buoy had become dislodged due to the raging storm. It was here that all three keepers ventured out to secure said items, only to be swept out to sea by a rogue wave, never to be seen again. This is a fine theory, though it raised more questions than answers. First, why had none of the bodies wash ashore? Second, why had one of the men left into the December winter without taking his coat? Third, how could three heavily seasoned lighthouse keepers all be taken by surprise by a rogue wave and get swept out to sea? And finally, how could any of this have happened when there was no reported storm in the area during this time? From the Isle of Lewis, the lighthouse can be clearly seen on calm days, meaning that only during terrible weather would the lighthouse be obscured from vision. With that said, folks from the Isle of Lewis reported clear and calm weather the days the storm allegedly took place, meaning a rogue wave that's the byproduct of a freak, roid raging storm washing the men out to sea is nearly impossible. Well. <laughs> well. I like that. Just the, all right, let, let me roll up my sleeves. <laughs> yes. Going to roll up my sleeves. Um, okay. So, I mean, yeah, like this theory of his literally just sounds like, oh, let's come up with like the, the laziest answer just so we can close this case and just get on with shit, you know, like, oh, just three guys who just disappeared. Who the fuck cares? Um. That's what I think that this theory is. Like, I think uh, Muirhead is a lazy asshole. So, <laughs> um, uh, I would say, like, I mean, yeah, like, all of these questions, like, they kind of need to be answered in order to prove this theory. So, like, you know, we kind of talked about how there was nothing that was found. Okay, first of all, if, like, if there was equipment or whatever, this crane and this buoy thing that, like, you know, dropped or whatever during the storm, I mean... One, is that really the priority when there's, like, this horrible storm raging outside? It's like, okay, those things can probably be replaced, but, like, I, I feel like, you know, like, that's definitely something that you need to be able to... I, I feel like these guys had their priorities in order up until this point if this theory is true. Why would you run out into the middle of, like, I mean, that's like running out into the middle of, like, a, a blizzard or, like, a horrible tornado or something and being like, oh, let me save my car because, like, the, <laughs> the tires might get punctured. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's, like, that's really weird of them. Um, 
the okay then um okay so so the whole thing about the guy who didn't take his coat like i said i'm the person who runs outside without shoes on so i don't know if maybe he was like oh i'll just be right back um i like we don't have time to like grab my coat or whatever We're, we just have to go run outside and we'll be right back or something um whatever happened to him in you know after that i don't know but i i guess that would kind of explain the coat um and as far as the whole and like i said before um why weren't any of their bodies washed up at first i was really confused when i read that and i was like oh i guess like if the the tide is coming in like eventually it would wash ashore especially if they like had died by the island like something would have washed ashore um and yeah the again the freakiest thing is just the storm i don't i don't really know it's a uh it's a weird thing and so here's here's one of my theories and mm-hmm. this kind of dabbles maybe not so much into like the supernatural but it's almost like borderline science fiction or you know kind of like when you picture the the Bermuda triangle like people would not necessarily immediately go into the the paranormal but they go into something like you know like fucking some weird anomaly shit that goes down and so my my first theory kind of plays off this one so i'm going to present a timeline and try and wrap your head around this cuz i know it's probably going to be confusing as hell but okay basically the storm starts for them for whatever which reason it's not picked up anywhere else let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that there was genuinely a storm okay so the storm starts either the 11th or the 12th of december it's raging it's crazy it's hormonal it's on drugs whatever the hell it's doing we don't question its life choices we just let it do its thing and it's so bad that these men for whatever which reason like can almost like sixth sense pick up that it's it's not it's not your average storm it's something you know off the chain it's something wild and so it it scares them so badly that you know the toughest guy of the group is literally babbling in the corner and bawling his eyes out you know another dude who who is supposed to be their leader is just catatonic and silent and the third dude is just trying to write all this down so that you know in the event that they get saved or they all die or whatever happens they get the information out there so the storm rages for the few days they pray they pray for for their lives and the storm ends so the storm ends on the 15th apparently and they say, you know, the sea is calm, the storm is gone, God is over all. Thanking God for basically, you know, saving their lives. Now, suspend your disbelief for just a second and, you know, you watch those, like, shows where people are stranded or, like, lost at sea or, like, they, they're in, like, a shipwreck or something. And when they, like, crawl onto the, the land and they're, like, in that kind of state where they're so happy to be on land that they're, like, making out with the sand. Yeah. Um, that's almost kind of what I would imagine these guys being like, you know, so let's say it's, let's say it's like the 15th. They say that it's calm and the storm's gone, but they don't really trust it yet. They don't go out. So they kind of like are, are dormant in this house for, for a day or two. And then they get the courage to go outside, you know, assist with setting up these ropes again and 
reattaching the the life preserver and all these different things and it's it's almost like there's an episode of the simpsons where there's a hurricane and it clears up and homer goes outside and lisa's like no this is the eye of the storm and it's like shit's flying around and and he almost gets caught in like a tornado or whatever the hell and it's almost something like that where they go down they're like okay i think we're okay now but really like they're kind of just in the the fuck you portion of this storm and uh it's just like yo just kidding i was here the whole time m night Shyamalan twist and you know sweeps him out to sea Mm. so that's it it requires a lot of suspension of disbelief because you're like it still doesn't answer the question like where do the bodies go and it doesn't answer the question like well yeah that's i think that's the biggest question like the the guy leaving his coat like i think you're absolutely right i think it's a lot more innocent than we're playing it up to be Mm -hmm. i think that it's one of those things where the dude's probably just like yeah we'll be in and out i guarantee it was the tough dude he's like you know what i i beat the shit out of men in my fucking boxers like i can handle a little bit of december cold like suck it nature and then gets swept out um but yeah, I think that's I think that's my that's one of my theories. The second theory is a lot more real and a lot more depressing. But uh yeah, what what do you think of that? <laughs> okay, so that like pretty much yes. I I on the surface like agree with that. Like let's say we're we don't break down anything. If we completely suspend disbelief on certain things, yes, that would make sense. Especially like, oh yeah, I think we're okay. Like yeah, especially if it was, like, a massive storm, which is, like, what, uh, you know, what's his face? Marshall, he was saying he was, like, severe winds, the likes of which I've never seen before in 20 years. So let's say it's, like, this, this fucking, <laughs> this massive storm. And, um, yeah, so, like, in the, in the middle of that, yeah, there's the eye of the storm, which would be very large, considering, let's say this is, like, gigantic. And then, yeah, they come out and they're like, oh, we're fine. Yeah. And um, maybe, I mean, your theory works, especially if, like, this is just something that none of them have ever seen before. Um, I I feel like Uh, there's not too much suspension to, like, there's there's not too much belief that I have to suspend to believe that theory i feel like um because it makes sense on certain levels i mean i'm not i'm not a meteorologist or anything like that but it, it kind of makes sense like oh yeah everything is suddenly everything's calm and it, yeah if this was like a period of several days and like let's say there was this storm just rolling in like that and then like they had maybe an entire day or two before they got completely fucked by the rest of it um yeah uh especially well okay so if that's the case let's say this was like super super massive or something like that um i don't know if this is totally impossible i don't know what the realistic uh like how real this would be but like let's say the winds were so bad that like they got swept way out to the point where the current or like the waves just push them more out to sea rather than closer uh which is why they never washed up so i like this theory of yours and i'm very curious to hear the second one it's like their jackets became like they're like flying squirrels like they're they just opened their jackets up and just flew out like Like, a kite (laughs) 
They're like gliding. They're like, yo, I could see, I could see my, like my house in Scotland from here. And then they just end up like 600 kilometers the other way. That's yes. Yes. (laughs) That pretty much. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think the only thing that you really would have to suspend your disbelief on is regarding the storm itself, because Mm -hmm. they, you know, you have people on an, an adjacent Island who can basically say, I can see the lighthouse when it's clear and sunny out. And it was clear and sunny out. Therefore, what the fuck? It's like one of those things where it's like maybe it was truly just like an anomaly. But that's like the that's the most like reaching we have to do in that theory specifically. Because, you know, it's like you were saying, like maybe it's not like mass hysteria, but it's one of those things where they were so panicked that the second they they had that relief wash over them all of their training just went out the window and they just wanted to be outside and they went outside and yeah Yeah, that i i think that that i mean okay yeah think about like something that you're really experienced at and then you're about to you think that you're going to die in this thing that you're super experienced at yeah you'd be praying and then like if you made it out you would probably forget like all the protocol that you had to have and all of that so yeah i mean that that um that makes sense to me and i wish we had like kind of evidence of like were there logs at this other place like the lewis like you know isle of lewis or whatever it is lewis island um like what were their weather patterns like did they have anything I, i'm gonna assume that nothing weird was happening with them but like i don't know it's possible though okay like let's say you're driving right and you're like going pretty far let's say you're in the mountains or something it's possible that as you're driving maybe like let's say like a thousand meters in front of you it's raining but right where you're at it's not so that's that might be a thing where it's like oh it just kind of like missed lewis island or i i don't know yeah, it's it yeah. is like one of those, you know, and, and it could have just been even like an optical illusion where it looked it mm-hmm. looked clear and calm from one one perspective, but the second you you cross a certain threshold, it's like Armageddon just without yeah. Bruce Willis. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, my second theory, um this one is a lot more depressing, uh and actually it was a theory that people proposed, uh but they have no substance to it. So, the reason why I have this theory is just, uh, if you guys know, uh, there's that movie, The Lighthouse, with uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and it is the most uncomfortable, claustrophobic experience of my life, and it's a great movie, but it shows kind of the, like, it shows kind of what happens when you deal, like, you're already... A problematic individual like you might have like a past or something like that like I would imagine that you you have to be a certain type of person to go sit in a lighthouse for months at a time and you're you're cramped up in this place with two other dudes that you don't have a choice you have to get along with them or else like shit's gonna go down and you know yeah like there there might be uh, higher levels of mercury and the things that they interact with there might be like lead-based paints and stuff that could really fuck your brain up and combine all that with just the cabin fever associated with um 
with being locked in this place for months at a time with very little to do other than your chores like it's entirely plausible that these these men more or less just lost it and you know it could have even started with one of them starting to like really see this storm with quotes and because of what he's seeing and how he's freaking out like it's it's mass hysteria and it's starting to to linger in in the other guys minds and so they start to see it and that's why they had such unique and distinct reactions uh like one guy was trying to keep it together and write everything down another dude was just catatonic and the other dude was crying like they they didn't stop and try and put their heads together they didn't like that we know of and try and really just assess the situation they just fucking lost it and so i honestly think that it may not have even been a storm it could have been like a light drizzling of rain and they were like oh my god it's the worst wind i've seen in 20 years and you know it it passes and at this point they're so far gone that one or more of them just snaps I, I would argue, like, you know, I'm not going to point fingers, but it just seems to be the most likely that the dude who, like, regularly beats the shit out of people might mm. have something to do with it. And mm. the theory that a lot of these people are throwing out is that he killed the two men and then either himself or was, like, caught by the, like, caught by the December 17th storm and was, was swept out. And it could possibly explain almost every other thing. So, you know, the the storm on the 17th could likely explain why the rope was all fucked up and why the life preserver was missing. It could also explain why they left in such a hurry. Like, it could have been one of those things where they may have... They may have hallucinated this storm. Let's say the 16th, they're arguing, they're freaking out on each other. They're trying to make sense of what just happened to them. And, you know, Buddy snaps, MacArthur just loses his shit and either like takes them out and fucks them off the cliff or, you know, brings them down to the the landing because he's like, yeah, we have to save our provisions and then just boots them into the water or something like that. And, uh because of of the the storm that was incoming like he's just so far gone that he forgets all of his training and is then swept out as well and because he's in this kind of like fever dream he you know he doesn't really have the survival skills that he would have had if he was of sound mind and and the three of them just drown yeah um that Honestly, like, yeah, there are parts of that that, like, I would I would definitely agree with. And, like, I, in my opinion, like, I would maybe, like, maybe tweak it just, like, a little bit to be, like, okay, so when, I think when a person kind of snaps like that, uh, you're kind of half insane. So, like, yeah, I think you're right. Like, maybe there, and this happens, I feel like, pretty often, at least it did then, where, like, yeah, you're exposed to some sort of environmental toxin. Like, everyone in this specific place is exposed to this environmental toxin, therefore they all get affected by it. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that, like, either, you know, the food that they were eating, the lighthouse itself, whatever it was that they were exposed to caused them all to react in, like, certain ways, like, you know, maybe their brains were degenerating because of whatever it was. 
Um, and then, yeah, they all reacted in, in these different ways. Um, <laughs> so I think like that makes sense. And I think that as time went on, yeah, they were maybe like half crazed. And if we want to think about it that way, that almost does explain the jackets in a way, because it's like when you're half insane, you also go by instinct and your automatic reaction to when it's cold outside, generally speaking, is like, let me grab my jacket or like, you know, when you're like, you're driving somewhere and accidentally you, you find yourself driving to work instead of like going to wherever you're supposed to go. Um, so I feel like, yeah, maybe it was just like a reflex that two of them took their jackets or something like that. And let's say, um, what was his face? MacArthur. Yeah. Um, let's say like, yeah, he, he was the one who became violent. Uh, you know, the other two seem pretty docile ish. And like, yeah, let's say he he was the one who became very violent and then just like they all went outside in this state of confusion. And yeah, maybe um, maybe like so. OK, so what I'm thinking is like the first part of your theory where you're like, yeah, they start imagining this storm. Uh, I feel like that that makes sense. Then suddenly it stops like their hysteria or whatever. But then when the actual storm arrives on the 17th, they actually all think that they're going to die. And then maybe that's when uh, it, all hell breaks loose. And then MacArthur kills them because, you know, they're all fucking insane at that point is what I would think. Um, as far as drowning... I mean, it's entirely possible that, like, maybe he did something even more ridiculous, like, tied something to their feet, and, like, then they just, like, sank to the bottom or something like that. I I mean, yeah, I, I think for the most part, uh, your theory, like, I agree, like, I would agree with that theory. Um, I don't know if, like, all the evidence lines up, but definitely it sounds... It sounds the uh, sound to me. It's definitely <laughs> one of those things where like, you know, weighing in some of these things, like it, it doesn't explain how their bodies didn't wash up somewhere unless you go off of, yeah, like the, the fact that this, this person incapacitates them in some way and basically just anchors them to the bottom of the, of the ocean. And at that point it makes a lot more sense. And you know, we have to remember that that diving technology and that kind of way of of exploring and searching for shit was super primitive. Like it was literally just a big daddy from fucking Bioshock walking around the right. ocean floor with a hose in its back. And, you know, you're like they they wouldn't have necessarily had access to that kind of technology to then do like a comb of the floor. Um, And the thing, too, is, you know, I think that the fact that there wasn't a struggle in the actual lighthouse itself shows that whatever went down went down outside. You know, like the closest thing to a struggle is a chair that was upturned and half eaten food. It doesn't necessarily show that there was a struggle because it, the way that they describe it is it's more indicative of a guy who literally stood up so quickly to go rush to do something that the chair just flung backwards and it just stayed there. If there was a struggle, there there could be blood. There could be you know like the, the like splinters from like stuff, stuff breaking, and you know like fra- uh, like skin fragments and shit that would work with CSI but wouldn't work in 1900. And mm-hmm. so, 
it's it's definitely my line of thinking that there was no sort of struggle outside or sorry inside and that if there was any sort of altercation like who who knows maybe part of the reason why the rope was was all strewn about was the dude fucking sabotaged the crane in some way during the altercation yeah. and let the crate just explode because they were saying that the crate itself was missing and uh right. you know like where where did that go well maybe he fucking used it to like like bludgeon these people and friggin tie them to to something and just eat them into the sea right um you know and and at that point it's like well then it's the, the only question is well what happened to the last guy and it's like well in that in that line of thinking he could have realistically done anything he could have followed suit and like tied something to his own feet and been like fuck it he could have you know he could have potentially gone up to the the cliffside and could have been swept out that way he could have jumped uh you know and we would have to assume in in some capacity that there is still it's still plausible that his body would never wash up on shore like it could have swept out in a different direction and it could have you know it could have been picked up by by people on a vessel you know from like a different part of the world that wouldn't necessarily be able to just dock somewhere and be like hey do you know this guy like right right Mm -hmm. so it's it's entirely plausible that just because they didn't wash up on shore that they didn't get like blown off into the water somewhere Exactly. Um, And then your point about like this whole thing with the ropes everywhere, I was kind of thinking that too, if like maybe they were tampered with instead of it being like an accident from the storm, like if maybe, yeah, you know, asshole went crazy and then just like, I don't know, like the fact that the ropes were just like all over the rocks kind of like, um, let's see, ropes are usually held in a brown crate. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like, hmm. so I feel like maybe, like, if there was a struggle, like, I feel like that might be indicative of it. Because think about it, it's like, okay, the 17th had uh, a storm, probably just a normal storm, like how they're, you know, all of the other storms, except for the ones that maybe these people imagined. But if for this entire time, this crane was holding this crate, like this and the, and it was completely fine but suddenly like it wasn't i don't know it's it's entirely possible that like he did something um with it and um and yeah and and i feel like uh so the other thing that kind of makes me think that you know you're on the right track here is the fact that like because it's it's specifically protocoled that they all three of them are not allowed to leave the lighthouse at one time I would think that it's, like, kind of, like, you know, mass whatever craziness where someone was like, hey, guys, let's go outside. And then nobody was sane enough to be like, guys, we can't do that. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, another piece of information that is somewhat relevant is um, there was a ship that was out on the 15th. Uh, and it mentions, uh, the captain mentions that the light in the lighthouse was actually out that day. So yes. chances are they completely just in, in, you know, an act of desperation to survive. They just completely abandoned their responsibilities, mm-hmm. keeping this light on. And 
you know, it could be at that point that, yeah, that in their, their weird kind of like fever dream of, of a mindset, they decide to, okay, we're going to go and we're going to try and, and clean up the mess. We're going to get our shit back together as best we can, whatever, whatever, not thinking like, you know, we can't all go out together or they just at that point don't care. They're like, we just survived literal hell. Uh, I want to get this over with as quickly as possible so that I can go back inside and like not potentially die. Right. And I think it's a little more conspiratorial, but so this crate that was holding all the ropes. So one rope is heavy as fuck in large quantities. Uh, it was in a massive crate, 70 feet above the ground. So it was literally just suspended by a crane. So, you know, my question is, okay, so if the, if the crate just fell during the storm, let's, whether it's the 17th or their imaginary, you know, the, the, the storm, their imaginary friend summoned for them, it's, uh, it's entirely plausible that it could have just broke the line and dropped the crate onto, you know, the landing platform or one of the adjacent rocks, the crate explodes into a million pieces, gets swept out into the water, end of story, you know, because I don't think they mention if they got all of their rope back or if they just got, like, some of the rope, so mm-hmm. it's it's entirely plausible that that's what it was, and the same thing for the, the life preserver, um, to get more conspiratorial, it could be that there was, like, some sort of altercation, and, you know, one of the guys... Maybe maybe it started through like them interacting with each other during this this perceived storm and came to a head on the 17th or the 16th or whatever where, you know, Buddy potentially may have just dropped the crate on them. Yes, I was thinking that like I was kind because it's above the platform. So it's like maybe he just lost it and yeah you know because if there Um, was any if there was any like viscera or blood and and stuff on the platform it would have been washed off in the storm in the on the 17th and beyond that um it could have maybe what he could have done was like tie these men upside down to this life preserver and then just hawk it into the water and you know they're they're potentially alive but at that point they drown and they're just floating off because they never found this life preserver right like it never washed up anywhere and and exactly right like that's that's part of it too is like okay so this thing yeah exactly like shouldn't that have i mean the thing is actually meant to float why is it not anywhere unless um maybe like it it was destroyed in a storm like it got smashed by rocks and stuff like that and that's why their their bodies are all smashed up and just like kind of not findable you know um yeah um i was actually going to say that uh you know the investigation uh for this was not that good no not at all (laughs) yeah so it's like i mean there's entire possibilities that um they're somewhere they were somewhere on the island and nobody decided to check i mean what if like the guy killed them put them somewhere, like hid them somewhere and then killed himself. I mean, he, yeah, he realistically could have buried them on the island somewhere and like nobody would ever know. Exactly. So like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Then maybe he just, you know, jumped into the ocean or like something like that where, or maybe, you know, if whatever happened to him was an accident. Um, 
but I'm just, I feel like there's so much that they never checked that it's entirely possible that these people are still on the island somewhere. There's a theory out there that they were more or less intercepted by like nefarious sailors, whether it's pirates or some sort of just like, you know, like this is, this is the 1900s. So I'm not, I'm not super keen on world history at at that time, but like whoever hated Scotland or like the UK, like the UK at that period, it could have been one of those things where they just kind of roll up on this lighthouse and are like, this is our island now. And, you know, pick the guys up. And that could be potentially why they grabbed their coats in in a hurry and left. That could be why one guy didn't because they were just in such a hurry to leave to potentially try and like just hide somewhere on the island to get away from these guys. Mm -hmm. And then they're either loaded onto this ship and and executed or they're loaded onto this ship and are brought to another country and are just there. Like it's it's a little more out there, but it, it explains a lot of why certain things are the way that they are like why the table mm-hmm. the, the food in the table was in its state why the chair was overturned mm-hmm. why one of the, the coats was left behind like why there's no bodies like it could explain all of those things and then like you know the rope and the life preserver are literally just the byproduct of a storm like and it's just uh, like two yeah. two events that are related to each other only in that it involves this island and the three men who were on it but other than that, like, the ship is in fucking Timbuktu at this point, and right. these three men are, like, you know, hogtied beneath one of the decks, just just chilling, mm-hmm. talking about how they're being hogtied. Yeah, I mean, okay, and, like, that kind of makes me think, like, let's say there were, like, I mean, because piracy still exists now. So exactly. it's, like, yeah, it's entirely possible that there were people who came to the island looking for something. They found these three guys. They decided to either capture them or kill them and i'm kind of thinking that the rope and like the the life preserver like maybe they thought that something was in the crate so they decided to like bust it open and uh found out that it was just a bunch of rope and like you know as a product the the preserver got knocked into the sea or whatever but i feel like that's entirely possible as well as like they were just there trying to search through things or something like that or like I don't know, like, took them hostage or so- something to that effect. Yeah, um, and that's, yeah. like, it's it's very interesting because there's so many variables that are just, like, up to interpretation. Like, you could, you know, it, it's gotten to the point where uh, in, in, I believe it was like 77 or something like that. Like they did an episode of Dr. Who where mm-hmm. one of, I believe I didn't see the episode, but I think the plot is that like one of the men in the lighthouse was like a shape-shifting alien and uh and hijinks ensue so it's one of those things where because of that people started saying oh well maybe they were abducted by aliens because like i said that's just the history channel's way of thinking yeah it's just if it's not aliens it's aliens Uh, yeah i mean exactly i see i just i feel like the aliens theory like for everything it's just it's so boring it is it's like like there's no i mean there's nothing to talk about it's just like okay yeah it was the aliens like come on like there's got to be something better than that you know um in in my in my opinion uh but yeah i i feel like it's also just like um i feel like despite how unlikely this stuff is like stranger things have happened 
So like, I, I'd like to think that something like actually like physically possible on the earth is to blame rather than like aliens, which like, I, I think it's entirely, that is plausible <laughs> as well. Um, but I feel like in this instance that, you know, maybe, I don't know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but I, I kind of, I kind of feel like it's more like, uh, maybe one of the other theories that we said. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go with the history channel way of doing things here. Guys, secretly it was Nostradamus predicting that aliens would come on 2012, somehow get t transported through a wormhole located in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle back to 1900, mm -hmm. abducted these men, put them yes. on their craft for, for butt stuff and flew them out with the Queen of England because they're lizard people to whatever star system you can think of where they are now sacrificing children. That's the conspiracy. It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> Another really fun theory that kind of revolves around just Scottish superstition is they were saying that, like, it could have been, like, a sea serpent and it could have been something in the vein of, like, Loch Ness Monster, which mm -hmm. is, like, still more probable than aliens. A little bit, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't know what sort of animals live off the coast uh, of, of, like, the Hebrides, like, this specific island. But, I mean, there must be something in, in the water that's, like, capable of, of you know, fucking people up. Um, even if it's not the Loch Ness Monster. But I do like the, the, the Scottish mythology sort of theory that's kind of fun, I suppose. Yeah, like, it was funny because I read they were like, it could have been a sea monster, and I'm like, immediately they're gonna say it's Nessie, and then they're like, some people have even postulated that it's Nessie, and it's like, well, fucking mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. You know, it's right. kind of like, um, well, you'd have to imagine that, I mean, almost every culture on Earth has some sort of, like, sea monster uh, mythology, unless you're, like, a landlocked country or right. something like that right. you know like here in canada we have quite a few actually and they're usually lake monsters um huh. fun fact the closest of which apparently inhabits lake simcoe which is about two hours north of where i live uh i haven't seen anything on that lake i've been on that lake a lot but i haven't mm -hmm. seen anything but um yeah they uh you know and, and even like but yeah going back to going back to scotland like a lot of these uh, a lot of these myths pertain to i think like a like a freshwater fucking just big old plesiosaur yeah. looking motherfucker yeah and so yeah. like a sea monster like a serpentine like sea monster would probably fit more with something that is like aboriginal here in canada in the states or or something that would be more like nordic uh or even like asian if you go that far east which is obviously right. a lot closer to the uk than than we currently are but is not closer to the UK than we currently are. Um, so it's a fun theory. You know, I do think it is kind of funny how if we were to apply our history channel brains to this and, and consult our emotional support fish, we would end up in a situation where it would just be like three men go missing aliens. They yep. found, uh, they found food half eaten aliens. aliens. Robert Muirhead, probably an alien. And that's why his report Obviously. was so shitty. Exactly. It's He's an inside job. Yeah. It, it is. It must be. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's just it. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because it's like all of these places kind of like near that area. Um, 
I mean, I feel like it's pretty often like, yeah, there's like these types of mythologies or things like mermaids and stuff like that. Yeah. Like Cyrus. So it's like, that might also be one like, oh, hey, these three guys saw some pretty ladies in the water and we're like, let's go help them. (laughs) Man, I haven't seen a woman in like three months. It's like, I forgot what they look like. I just want, I just want to put my, my thing in other things. And then they just jump into the water and die. Like, (laughs) you know. Women can do some some things, so especially <laughs> women. Yeah. So. Well, it's actually funny that you mentioned that. So, not. I mean, it is funny because we're gonna make fun of it. But I, I think it was like not too long ago where I believe it was like a walrus was was found stranded in like Ireland or something like that. Like it had basically just like drifted off course and like it ended up in Ireland. So it's entirely okay. plausible that something like that may have happened, and they may have in like some sort of fever dream been like. Oh, I want what she's having, you know, and just like jumped into the water because I mean, yeah, a lot of the mythology revolving around mermaids centers around, you know, like manatees and and other um, like sea mammals similar to that, where it could entirely have been like a fucking walrus or something like that. And they were just like. You know, oh, yeah. this was this was the 1900s. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they 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 secretly invented the whole like Betty Boop like style cartoon where like they see someone that's really attractive and their eyes pop out of their head and their hearts yep. beating really hard. Yeah. And they just yep. fucking decide to swan dive into the frigid waters of that December friggin day and uh, yeah. have some freaky sex with the walrus. I mean, yeah. Like, you know, you got it bad. All you have is asshole one and asshole two to just like. <laughs> spend your time with like haven't felt the soft curves of a woman in so long that yeah you see a walrus let's go do it <laughs> well and that's the thing too is it could still play into that whole like mass hysteria like like mercury in the brain kind of shit right where they're, yeah. where they're just like they they see it and it's like almost like a mirage in the desert where they see it and it like materializes as i don't know like some just drop dead gorgeous like yeah. woman from the 1900s she shows yeah. a little bit of ankle and they're just like oh we gotta go we gotta go <laughs> we gotta get this guys boys it's time yeah um i mean totally like i i don't find that completely crazy i feel like none of the theories that we've presented are like completely insane i feel like all of them have have pieces of truth in them so like yeah, it's not just like aliens because again, like we could just say that, but there's no proof. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah. I mean, if it was like a walrus or something, like some some sort of like creature or something that made them want to like investigate, there would be no proving that ever. So, and especially not with a shitty investigation. I mean, right? But yeah. yeah. So I think just to kind of cap this off. My my theory personally, and then and then we'll go to you, is uh my my theory is that in some sort of like you know, like it could there could be alcohol involved, it could be you know, rancid chemicals in, in the fucking brain. All these different things led to kind of just like a, a perfect storm, if you will, haha, play on words in in their heads and created this this freak storm for them. And then led to them one way or another, whether it was through violence, whether it was through like some sort of freaking like maybe they were like s- some cult 
that they formed, like, when they were, they were like, you know, if we survive this, we're going to form the cult of the Flannan Isles or some shit, and they, like, decided to have some sort of, like, pact to jump into the ocean together, or they saw some animal that they wanted to have some freaky-ass times with. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's probably the most plausible Maybe not the animal thing, but, like, just, like, the this, like, weird, like, mass hysteria, like, hallucination that could lead to a lot more volatile behavior. And I do highly recommend people watch The Lighthouse because even though it's – the situation is very different, you know, a lot of it ties into, like, mental illness and, um, like, just, just alcoholism and, and things like that that would have been very rampant in professions like that, that deal with a lot of depression and loneliness and the things that can come about as a result of it. So it, it kind of puts a lot into perspective with regards to this story, but uh, yeah, that's, that's my theory. So what about you? I agree with that actually, especially when you mention kind of like alcoholism, um, sort of jobs like this where you're separated from society for like months on end it's cold it's rainy it's wet it's like awful the only like respite you have is you know your time in this penis-shaped building that like <laughs> probably has barely anything in it like for entertainment and then yeah you're stuck with these two assholes so it's like i think that that totally makes sense it's like um i don't know what whatever I feel like if you're drinking heavily, um, especially just to get through the day and nobody's really checking on you, you just kind of have to man this stupid lighthouse. Like, it's entirely possible that you kind of get crazed from whatever. Uh, and, you know, I, I've been like the what's it called? The lighthouse has been on my list of movies. And like now I'm definitely going to go watch it. But it, it just seems like, yeah, I mean, especially when it's entirely possible that yeah, these three guys, I mean, think about it, like, you know, one of them is like a, a brawler, right? He just beats the shit out of people. You you have to think that he probably has problems with alcohol or something like that, um, you know, anger or whatever. But to deal with all of this, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, all kinds of, when you're severely depressed, you're severely lonely, you add alcohol to it it's entirely possible like anything like this can happen you either kill people around you kill yourself or like severely hurt others um so yeah i i would agree with that i think that makes sense to me thank you so much for listening if you have suggestions regarding potential mysteries or are a content creator who'd like to be featured as a guest on the show, send me a message on Twitter at STFUCrewReborn. If you'd like to catch the show when it's live, follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash MattSTFU. Links to everything, including the featured guest, will be provided in the show notes. I'm MattSTFU signing off. Stay safe and stay mysterious.